This is episode 138 on The Herpreneur Show. We are truly into season four now, and today I bring you Denise Gable, the author of Kenduology. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. There is something in the air lately. Can you feel it? Feelings of motivation, positivity, optimism. I know it's not just me. I am just seeing so many women out there killing it, just doing so good in business, getting out there, speaking, living their dreams. I'm just feeling so empowered right now as well. And um, if you, for whatever reason, are stuck on an idea, stuck in a place, or just know that you need to pull your finger out to get moving today. We have the incredible Denise Gable, who is an author and a seasoned businesswoman, an international bestseller, professional speaker, mentor, and she's here for the power of change. Denise is the author of the brand new book and the term that she has coined can-do-ology. She's a can-do-ologist, which is all about helping you switch on your brain, switch on your mind, and really do the things that are most important in your life, doing them so they count. She's here to make a difference. And I'm sure you're going to feel that in today's interview. Before we move on, I do want to do a shout out to Kate Lydeck. Uh, apologize if I'm not actually pronouncing that correctly, but Kate, you have written such a beautiful five-star rating and review. And I just want to acknowledge you for doing that on the, the podcast show. You know, it gives me a nice little shocker. Go in there and check and I go, oh, there's a review. Well, sometimes the team pull it and they put it into our Slack chat and they have a screenshot. So Kate, Two things. One, I want to say thank you to you. Uh, this is what Kate wrote. Annette, you outdo yourself with every podcast. Each one is better than the one before. I eagerly wait for your new show to come out so I can learn something new that will improve my life and my business. Thank you for bringing on amazing people. Kate, uh, exactly the message as well that I want to impart, which is helping you improve your life and your business. It's all integrated. So big thank you. If you can reach out to the team at hello at annettelakovich.com, we will try and inbox you on Instagram. We know where you are because uh, we want to send you a Herpreneur beautiful Crystal Shrovsky pen just to say thank you for that. Now, ladies, without further ado, let me introduce you to Denise Gable, the author of Can Duology. Enjoy. Where are you in this beautiful world right now? I am in the Seattle, Washington area right now. Gorgeous this time of year, I must say. And ladies, it is eight o'clock at night and <laughs> The Bachelor is on right now. So uh, Denise has had to turn her phone off because her and her friends love to text during this show. <laughs> so once she gets off, we hope that she gets to watch the final. <laughs> Denise, I would love to start and acknowledge something. I have been searching around, looking at your content, looking at you, listening to you, 
And I just wanted to acknowledge you are a very intelligent woman. I can hear that in your interviews. I can hear how intelligent you are. I know you've been COO, CIO, and, you know, you've had all these senior authority jobs. Though there's something deeper with you that I think um, comes out when you speak. And I'd love to start with that because you are a very gifted speaker. Where did that come from? Was that something that you just stood up at when you were a kid? Was it something that you've really had to groom? Can you take us there? Oh, and that the fact that you would say that means the world to me. And I wish I could tell you, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you the journey. Because it, the people that have been in my life for many, many years are kind of shocked. Because I was a very quiet child, almost introverted. I played with my dolls long after I probably should have been uh, (laughs) because Jackie and I could be safe there. Mm. And I was a bit more introverted. Uh, Probably didn't help that my parents said, you know, children should be seen and never heard. Uh I was mindful. And so I, I think I took that real seriously. I wrote about it in the book. And I think what happened is I had this epiphany that I had been standing in my own way. No one else but me. Mm. And I actually remember the setting. I was already a a fairly successful businesswoman. And I remember thinking at this meeting that's coming up, I refuse to stand in my own way. I'm going to watch for it. I'm going to be intentional. Mm. And when it came around the table, you know, like a planning session and the facilitator says, what about you? And how about you? And how about you? Well, I had like 16 people ahead of me around a big U-shaped table. So I had plenty of time. Oh, but the nerves build up. (laughs) Yes, the nerves were building up. But I also was like, Denise, remember your commitment to yourself. You will not stand in your own way. Yes, you can. And I honestly remember grabbing my chair, pushing my feet to the floor, and reminding myself, I am not five. Oh. I am not five. I can be seen. I can be heard. I have something to offer. Mm. So as it came around the table and then said, you know, Denise, how about you? And I said, well, I do appreciate what the speaker had to say. However, I would like to uh, challenge the following point. So I would wish to debate that at some length at at an appropriate time. And do you know one other person after me? And then the meeting closed. Mm -hmm. Two board members specifically came up to me and said, Denise, I've never seen this side of you. And I thought, OMG, I was right. I was standing in my own way. Mm. And from there, I think I began to speak up as far as my speaking. I took a little bit of improv because I love the live audience. I've learned. And uh, I have formed what I call a can duet or two. Someone that stretches me and helps me be a better speaker, leader, sister, mother, whatever I'm, I'm headed to do. So thank you so much for the compliment. Well, you know, it's. It's an acknowledgement of the work that you've done to get to the skill that you are at because to look so natural 
it's there's a there's a natural side to it but there's a craft to it but you do it so well it's really a gift and I wanted to acknowledge that from speaker to speaker because it's it it, it is a talent but it's, it's it's a gift and one thing that took you to another level in my eyes was seeing your stand-up com- comedian <laughs> act like holy shit can I just say, I've only just started to watch a lot of stand-up comedians and I used to watch them a few years ago and I said to my husband, I don't think I could ever be a comedian because they really can push the envelope. They really can push that envelope just to either make the court audience shock or um I don't know, just there's, there's an angle there. You'd probably know it doing this, you know, comedian work. Um, though the last few times I've been watching, I'm thinking maybe I could do because this is an art form. This is this is public speaking at its best. And you, I think you are even more raw on the stage being a comedian than even being a speaker because you're trying to get a laugh every 30 seconds. <laughs> so tell me, what made you, you go from this shy five-year-old girl... To then going, I'm going to try stand up. Well, again, it was a can do it. I had someone stretch me. Ah. I had a colleague come up and say, Hey, I want to be your agent. I was doing an MC for a, a, an organization, and she came up and said, I'm going to be your agent. And I said, Fantastic. What do you have in mind? And she said, You're going to go do some stand up. Oh, and I remember gone. that feeling, you know, that tingling in your body where like, you're like, Yes, and I'm scared to death. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Yes. Yes. No. And then I told her, I said, you're on because I think I like the dare. You're on. However, you have to go with me to the comedy because I've never I've never I've never been. I have no idea. So once I know the size of the stage and Mm -hmm. how many minutes I think I can. And so what you saw on that video was my first and only attempt at improv and the comedy club. And I, I loved it. I will do it again. I will do it again, but you should try it. You really should try it because you you're funny because you share real stories. Yeah. And improv is about staying present. Mm. I mean, how many times you get ahead of yourself that you're going to say this, this is exactly what I'm going to say, or you're too focused on the rear view mirror, but in improv and comedy, you're almost so present. That's where the magic is. That's wow. that's what I learned. Oh, oh I'm my glad gosh. you watched it. Oh, I applaud you. I applaud you. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Simon Sinek, is it true? You're up in the air, flying. Take us there. Okay. It's one spring. It's 30,000 feet up in the air in the aircraft. Seats, you know, 3A and 3B. And you know how you introduce yourself to each other? You know, kind of, what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? The question was something like that. And I remember saying, well, I'm the chief innovation officer at the Feline Research Institute. And essentially, because I knew I had to kind of uh, dispel that myth, explain, we create products and services for uh, consumers throughout the U.S. and Canada and turn them back to the marketplace. And this man said, I get so... I believe it was an F-bomb. I get so F-bomb hearing about shit like that. 
I, it just set me back. I've never been turned down or turned away on my <laughs> aircraft introduction. Can I just say for a second, Denise, you have people that we practice our five minute elevator pitch and we, yes. we practice it and we want it so right. So when someone asks us, it just comes off, you know, our cuff and we can just say it. And here you are, you have it down pat, even still to today, today, it you was good. Say it, and he just shot it down. What happened next? Oh, shut it down. And I said, Ex- excuse me. And he said, I didn't ask you what your title was. What are you passionate about? And I thought, oh, well, it was a good question. That was not, at that time in my life, that was not top of mind. So I said, well, give me a minute. And I remember (laughs) turning around thinking, this guy's a wingnut and I want to be moved. And then I realized, oh my gosh, there's no other seats. And for gosh sakes, Denise, it's probably a good question. What are you passionate about? And I've made some improvements to this, but I recall turning around saying, excuse me, I'm ready. And he said, good, what is it? And I said, I'm passionate about people and possibilities. And he said, then start with that. Isn't that so much more interesting? And I said, "Uh, perhaps, you know, how about you? And he said something to the effect of, you know, growing one leader at a time. Oh, fair enough. And then that silence proceeded for a number of air miles until we realized when I came back into his seat and said, what takes you to the city where we're going to land in a few minutes? He said, oh, I'm speaking at a credit union conference. And I said, well, don't miss my session. I'm in the morning. And so that is how I met Simon Sinek. Wow. And honestly, I have to say, He did change my life. And listeners, Mm. try this, try this. I went back into my business setting, you know, Denise Gable, the chief this or the manager that. And when it came my turn, you know how this is. When it came my turn, I said, I'm Denise Gable. I'm passionate about people and possibilities. Mm. And people listened. And people, and yeah, maybe I said, and today, you know, I report through so-and-so or today I'm leading this or, but I'm telling you, people did listen. Mm -hmm. I felt some authentic power in my introduction Mm -hmm. and on the break, people wanted to talk to me. They love Mm -hmm. people too, or, you know, whatever we might've had in common. So I'm going to credit Simon Sinek, that aircraft and 40,000, 30,000 feet. So try it, try it. Two things I want to say about this. One he was sticking true to his essence, which was changing one leader at a time because you were next to him and he pushed the boundaries to try and do that paradigm shift with you. He absolutely did. Yeah. And then the second thing is, which I'm taking away from this right now, is what he has said and what you have changed yours to is about others It's not about you. It comes from a selflessness, an act of giving, not who I am and sort of putting yourself on the pedestal, which is what a positioning statement does. You're so right. I didn't look at it in that in that way, but but you're so right. If so, because you said you said what did you say? 
What's your say? You're, you say, I am passionate about helping people. Is that what you said? What's your I position? said, uh, I'm passionate about people and possibilities. Yeah. Kind of the intersection. Yeah. And because that's really about helping others. Do you know what I mean? Instead of I am the CEO of this, it's not talking yourself up. It's like, how can I give? How can I serve? And I think that's probably just a beautiful way. Um, yeah. To I know that we do as like introductions for practicing for, you know, stand up and talking, you know, I help because it's more about them. But I just loved that. That that just really just the penny dropped for me just then, just hearing what he did and how he acted and how you just made that straight away you took you took it out and you tried it on the stage that day i tried it on the stage that day there we go can do i oh, love it now congratulations on your book thank you it just came out in july is that right july 9th july it yeah. came out yes can doology all right so let's go there what is it what's can doology you've obviously coined the word you've created this this masterpiece what is it i have created this masterpiece for the universe to wrap itself around I'm simply the one that's releasing it in the universe. It belongs to all of us. Mm, and it means the art and science of getting the right things done despite the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So the right thing means often that we slow down to make sure we're working or focused or putting our energy in the right thing, not mm -hmm. just the first thing. And then Despite the circumstances means that we recognize very boldly, mm -hmm. we all have limited money, time, mm -hmm. and resources. They're all a finite, everybody has limited resources. So canduology means that we will get the right things done mm -hmm. despite the circumstances. It does not mean that we're the best at being organized. Mm -hmm. No. It means we're the best at identifying the right things that need to be done. And mm -hmm. we are very creative about how we go about doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, those that that it's almost like the, the lack of resources propels us forward. Yeah. I, as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to mind for me was when I gave birth to my son, my speaking was ramping up. I had just launched a mastermind, a female mastermind group. And in the middle of this, I'm having a baby. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've got less time to work. Though I really, because I'd taught time management for many, many years, I knew that the most important things get done first. So I knew that in the four hours that I had to work, I was doing the highest priority things. Sometimes it wasn't even just, it wasn't checking emails because that can just suck your time. It was right. What bio do we need to get for what speaking gig? What do we need to do for training for our masterminds? Who do we need to make sure um, we need to close to get them on board? Who needs to do follow-ups? It was, everything was about the, the, the right things of growth. Though how does it apply in other areas? Um, let's even say personally, how would some of the ladies here use this Kenduology mindset personally? Well, I can think of an example that you know, probably means something to all of us. And, and of course, that's in the area of finances or money. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. If, 
it's kind of like uh, problem peeling. If you take the first problem statement and say, you know what, I need to make more money. Okay, what can I do to make more money? You, you start chasing making more money. Mm -hmm. But if you slow down and say, you know, I need to make more money so I can retire earlier. Mm -hmm. So I can have some financial security. Mm -hmm. Now the problem you're solving is for financial security. Yeah. Then you start to think about, well, we could downsize our home. We could, you know, sell our automobile and take public transportation. We could, I could get a second job or I could get a, a higher paying job or someone else in the family mm -hmm. uh, could uh, get a, a job. Those are all solutions to the problem of financial security. Mm -hmm. If you went for that first problem, I want to just, you know, uh, yeah. save more money, make more money. Yes. Well, you're, that's pretty narrow. Mm. Yeah. Pretty narrow. So there's so, one example you could take away. This is perfect, Denise, because this is probably why I was burning out as well. Because how I was working, and I know we chatted a little bit off, off um, air when I said that I was doing the cash flow candy and then I started the herpreneur, but then I had a burnout. And what I have learned from that, and even with what you're saying, is the reason why I was working those four hours a day and really fine time management, which I still do today, though it's from a different place, because that was extrinsic motivation, motivation from externally, ladies. What Denise is saying is it's the intrinsic, it's the meaningful stuff, because if, if I even looked at that then, Denise, that probably would have saved me a hell of a lot of burnout <laughs> because it would have been a different meaning if I had a different meaning on the importance of it. Yeah. Yes, to you, which is mm. uniquely belongs to you and each listener. That is unique. Mm. You know, it, it, it brings this uh, concept of your currency. It's kind of related. What is your currency? This is mm -hmm. a term that my husband coined for me mm -hmm. and you know, life happened to me while writing this book. I lost my husband. So sorry. Uh, I read that. Mm. Your soulmate. You. My soulmate, Dennis oh. and Denise, come on, uh, of 38 years. And wow. I know he knew I was starting to write the book and I did have to put it in a bit of a parking lot for uh, a number of months because I just, I just wasn't ready. I was uh, foggy and freaked out. And then I thought you can do her. you get going, mm. you get going. That's exactly what Dennis would want. So I was making a big career change. At one point I had that big COO title corner office and I wanted to spend more time with Dennis. He didn't have the best health. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I need to, my gift has been given, right? I mean, fire your own ego. You'll be the one to fire your own ego first. So I came home and told Dennis, I'm going to resign my COO position. He said, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. We've been planning. You do that. And then when I did, my boss said, uh, why don't you stay on part-time? Why don't you stay on part-time for me and be an innovation catalyst? And of course, with all of my power, I said, I will not do another board report and I will not do this. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he said, that's fine. And I thought, oh, no. 
So I came home and I told Dennis, oh my goodness. He said, how'd it go? I said, well, not, not quite as, ex as expected. Um, but he wants me to work for him part-time. Am I nuts? Do you think I can be the COO corner office with a car? And I can go to part-time with a cubicle down at the end of the hall. Am I freaking nuts? Mm. Really? And Dennis said to me, no, it's your currency. I said, what the hell does that mean? And he said, it's how you're wired. Mm. It's something much bigger than your ego. It's mm. something more internal, like you're talking about, Annette, mm. you know, mm -hmm. more internal than external. Mm. And I said, you're right. I want to be the best leader I can be mm. every single day. Mm. And if that's the case, then I can show others mm. it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's just a job. It's just a window. It's just a desk. And that's just a car. I'll, I'll have another car. And oh. so it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? I mean, like live your it passion. Is. Yeah. Don't burn out. You know, Don't burn out. Your husband reminds me of something my husband did. He was CEO of an, the largest entrepreneurial education company in Australia. Jerry grew it from 11 people to, I don't know how many thousands, uh, grew up to from, from two staff members to 80. Wow. And when we had our son, he decided that he wanted to be home. And his exchange of currency was it was more important for him to be around when his son is a baby than to be working all hours of the night. And I was honestly so shocked, but just with what your husband's saying, which is it's based on the currency. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the, the ego of I'm going from CEO. They still moved him into an educational position though he he needed that he wanted that because it was the fulfillment the current currency then was it's more important for me to be fulfilled and be able to see my child grow up instead of burning two ends of the, the candle mm. oh my gosh really that is so powerful now mm. how long did he stay home then uh, what, what period of time did he so he was still working with them but he was there for I think another five years after that yeah we just we actually just left three uh, three years ago from Sydney to come over to Perth and that's when we started our own business together I was in entrepreneurship since 2006 I started quite early uh, though we created a business and moved over here and yeah and, and the same and thing, like back. he just loves being, you know, he's, he's, we, we have a beautiful home. We've got you know, a studio here upstairs, you know, we simulcast, we live stream from there. And, you know, he's still, that, that's his still number one passion is to be a great dad, to be able to go and do the sports and be the coach of every team. And just when you're saying that, I think it's a really good learning curve for me, even having this conversation with you, which must be impacting the women as well, is what is the currency that we're exchanging or creating as an importance. Maybe it's not important because it's all the external stuff, the extreme, extreme, um, in, instead of being intrinsic, which is inside of us, it's all external. And that's a major thing for burnout, major. Yeah, you're betting or on. unfulfillment. Unfulfillment, yes. Unfulfillment. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, find your joy, find your passion. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, 
female entrepreneurs in business, where do you think the can-doology will help them if they're stuck at right now? They're, they're looking at changing course. They're looking at creating a new product or they may be bored. What's something that they could do right now that could really help them go, let's me, let me get into my can-do mindset? Oh, that's such a good question because it's going to start so simple, so simple. And the first step is to have a can-do mindset. Mm -hmm. And the can-do mindset will be fueled first by thinking, why not try? Uh, Why not? If you're sitting on, you know, not that I don't sit on the couch and I don't sit there too long sometimes, and I have to have a can-do mindset talk with myself. I'll get in my head and think, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go down there by myself. I mean, I, I, you know, I I just don't know. And then I say to myself, Denise, the power in one choice, Mm. choose to try, can do, get going, get going. Mm. And so I think that is the first step. Choose to try. If there's something you're contemplating, just try. Mm. Just try. Yeah. There's a favorite saying of mine, which is, what if I fall? But my darling, what if you fly? What if you fly? And I think what you're saying, just doing that first step, making that first decision, because it's the decision that then opens that door for you being able to meet the right person, to have this amazing connection, to have this intelligent conversation, to try that product. Because if you never know if the product's not going to be right. You never know if the launch is going to work. You know, I was actually listening to an interview with Daniel Pink. He's done a lot of ah. um, a lot of personal development books with brain science and his newest books on regret. And um he talks about one of the biggest regrets that people have is foundational regrets, things that didn't build who they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sort of reminds me of what you're saying, which is the first thing is to have that can-do mindset. And what if someone doesn't have it? Like what do they need to do? Can somebody build this? Is it like a muscle? Is it each, you know, we get stronger and stronger and stronger at just going, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Like what happens if someone's going, I'm just not a person like that. I doubt they are because I imagine all the women on here are probably go-getters, but yeah, <laughs> who knows? I, I doubt your listeners are a group of Eeyores <laughs> um, that I don't know if, if you've been an Eeyore your entire life. Uh, I, I don't know if can-do mindset or can-doology can save you, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But most people, and I know your listeners, have yeah. already been successful. They're already yeah. moving forward. This is just a reminder to keep going, to step mm. that forward. Sometimes you're motivated by saying, I can do this. I can try. And it works for you. You mm. know, you you know how you can just be positive and like when you're losing weight, it's like one piece of cheese does matter. <laughs> All the cheese. And you're able to drive up to the drive up, even though you got the cheeseburger and you said, okay, well, I'll take the cheeseburger, no cheese because you're so strong. Mm. And other times when you tell yourself, oh, for gosh sakes, it's a one piece of cheese. Like in the big scheme of things, it's not going to matter. Mm. 
when your mind thinks it's not going to matter, what I want people to think about is who can't do what you're about to do from something mm -hmm. so simple. Who can't drag the garbage can out to the curb? Mm -hmm. There are people who, who don't have that physical ability yeah. to do or they don't have a home to live in mm. to give them a garbage can to get to the curb. So mm. sometimes you have to say to yourself, oh, come on, you have the opportunity mm. and the ability to do that. You can make a call. You can send an email. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Bernard Lachance, the French Canadian singer on Oprah a number of years ago. And I remember watching it back that night. And I said to Dennis, oh my gosh, that's innovation on a shoestring. Here's this guy that wants to make his singing debut in the US. He wants to rent a theater, but he has no agent or manager. So of course he calls the theater and they hang up on him because he has no agent or manager. Nice. So how does he do it? Canduology with the resources he had. He mm -hmm. printed the... Uh, seating chart on his t-shirt so he could mark off the seats as he sold them. Wow. He bought every seat in the theater with his own money mm -hmm. because the theater had nothing to lose. And so he needed to resell those seats one by one by wow. one. No excuses, huh? No excuses. Call mm. him, email him. What do you have to lose? Mm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And you won't believe how, like you were saying, how doors just start to open and mm -hmm. you're the one that's opening the doors. Yes, yeah. there's someone else on the other side, mm. but you're the one that's making it yeah. possible yeah. by taking that first step. Try, just try. Mm. It's that it's the energy emotion. I even find uh, with any woman that I work with and we even get her to start looking at her, her numbers in her business and maybe she has not learned anything new in those two sessions except for looking at her numbers by looking at the numbers in the business looking at your profits looking at your margins looking at your average sales looking at the conversions magic starts to happen within that very short time because there's this action behind it and I feel like when we take action in any area of the life that's what creates that momentum that energy the attraction so I, I feel that there's um the, the support in, even in the mindset behind it, like you're saying, if your self-talk is, I can't, I can't, I can't, all you're going to do is find the ways and the roadblocks to stop you. But having that can-do mindset or even just putting yourself in third person, just saying, what would Annette do? What would Annette like, do? Just putting yourself in the th third person and you suddenly come up with all these ideas. Well, this is what she's doing. This is what she's doing. Okay, well, get off your butt. You're like, okay, well, just pick one then. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody... I know myself, you know, I, I had a bunch of email one day and oh, some of it they were just <laughs> off track and I was, you know, just buried and I was trying to get out from underneath it. And then someone wrote something stupid. And I remember feeling just my whole spirit like, Rah! and I went to my refrigerator and I said out loud to myself, Denise, you need to have a little attitude adjustment right here. Yeah, you right now. Mm. You're a canduologist. You live in gratitude every day. But right now, you're not showing up very well. And so I think you have to put yourself in timeout, which is fine, right? Mm. Life happens. Yeah. You get frustrated. You have grief. All these things happen. It's okay to put yourself in timeout 
And then you decide <laughs> you're still in charge. You still decide yeah. when you decide to make that first step and try. I just had a little a flashback of my son putting me on the thinking chair. We didn't call it the naughty chair. It was a thinking <laughs> chair. And, um, you know, ladies, I, I really motivate you just to try. Right. Next time is to put yourself into third person when you're stuck in a problem or when, when something's going on, just stop for a moment and say to yourself, what would your name do? And really sit there and be really intentional about that and the answers will come that just helps you flip out of that 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 negative emotion or wherever that downhill spiral um is going now denise if somebody wants to do some work with you how do they work with you i know we've got the the book as well uh the links there ladies will be uh in the show notes but before we get into our final two questions i'd love just to find out how do they work with you what what does it look like Right now, you're right. You can purchase the book. I'm just now starting to work on the audio book because I've heard that that is a must. Yes. And so, yeah, you can you can order the book. You can go to our website at canduology.com. And yes, we're different. We put the hyphens in thinking we were genius. So it is can-do-ology, O-L-O-G-Y.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I would really appreciate uh, the next thing I have in my mind, uh, like I said, I want to release this to the universe and that Canduology stands well past my time on this earth. So I believe the next thing we need to do is build a community mm-hmm. of Canduers. We need to help each other move things forward. We need people like Annette because she's just, you're just a fabulous host you are Thank the you. most, may I just say, you you are the most prepared host <laughs> I have participated with on a podcast. Well, you make it very interesting to research you, so. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's been so fun. So go, you know, go to the website. Thank you. Invite me to come speak to your organization. If I can light the can-do match yeah, under your uh, organization, I would be delighted. And you can find all that on the, on the website, or you can email me too. I'd love that too. Denise at can doology with those hyphens denise at can hyphen do hyphenology.com love it so and we'll have all the links there for, for asking yeah look um we'll have all the links there ladies if you're driving or however you're listening to this now denise we have two different types of women i'd love for you to give a piece of information for both of them on whatever you feel is going to help lift them with where they're at in their journey in entrepreneurship the first piece of advice for the female entrepreneur who's in the startup phase And then a piece of advice for the female entrepreneur who's really seasoned in business. Perhaps she's looking at that next level or expansion. Piece of advice for each would be great. And that's whatever your journey takes you. You know, you've come from a very long line of expertise. So whatever the download is, just trust it. You know, when when you first said in the startup phase, I thought you said the stand-up phase. And I thought, oh, that's a little tougher. Uh, call me. We'll collaborate was what I was going to say there. In the startup phase, find others who believe in you mm-hmm. and release those who do not. Now, that could even be someone in your family. Hang with the people that believe in you. And I'm not saying you have to completely discard those that don't, but I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time with them. 
And I wouldn't be asking them for advice because you know, in your heart and in your soul, who believes in you, spend Mm. time with them. Yeah. Spend time with them. Yeah. And especially at that stage of startup as well, you need that as much positive energy around you because you've taken that leap and you're doing something that really you're back in yourself. You're saying, I believe in me. So to surround yourself with believers is surround yourself with compliment that you can have for yourself. Mm. Uh, So many times too, uh, you know, in that startup phase, many times we have one foot in one world and one foot in another. Mm. And it is job, job wise, you know, we we always got our family and our social and our community. Mm. Um, But even in our work, sometimes we still have that corporate job or that job that gives us the stability we need Mm. from which to build our next rainbow. Yeah. So find those people that believe in you and your rainbow. That's my biggest advice for the startup. Love that. Female entrepreneur. She's got the good. She's seasoned. She might be looking for a new venture expansion just in your own trials, tribulations or learnings. What could you impart in helping that woman just really step up to her, her best of her ability? Go find the cool kids. Mm. If you think or want to be, maybe you're making a a pivot in your business Mm. and you've always been this, but you can really see an opportunity over here. Go over there, go to the conference where those people are, go to the uh, business associations where they are, reach out online and say, I'm looking for a mentor or you inspire me. Mm. So go to where the cool kids are, where you want to be. If you're looking for a mastermind group, I'm a huge proponent of mastermind groups and the complete turnover of a mastermind group. I'm not a big fan of creating a mastermind group with, you know, six powerful women for five years. Mm -hmm. That turns into a wine drinking book club. Mm -hmm. And if you want to keep a few of those people in a wine drinking book club, I, yes, please do. I have, but I also believe that a mastermind is meant to stretch us forward. Yeah. And so we have to change the people that we surround ourselves with. So Mm. that's why I say find the cool people, uh, create a mastermind of your own hand, select some people that you think could stretch you. Mm -hmm. And obviously that you could, uh, give back to, Mm. Yeah, I think actually just with you saying that, if I've looked at every time I've up-leveled, it's because I've always continually just gone into a brand new group, a brand new learning, a brand new certification, education. And one thing I did here, um, an interview that you did that had me Googling straight away was putting myself with a speakers association in Perth. Mm -hmm. Because I was in one in Sydney. And then just just disconnect, just, just went on my own way, came over to here to Perth. And just from that special message that you said on this interview that you were some president or something now of a chapter, mm-hmm. um, I thought, wow, I, I, I need to get back around the circle of those people that understand what it is that I do. And that also helps uplift me to get really back into that speaker's game the way I was doing it in the speaker circuit in Sydney. Not that I was doing it in Sydney, I was traveling everywhere, but the breaks have been on. 
And I just thought, wow, just plonking myself back in that association will help just create that osmosis again of being around that type of people. So thank you for that. Um, oh, that yes, we like now to be. And on that interview. Mm. Yeah, we like to be around like-minded because we can easily raise each other up. That's, that's this podcast. Mm. And we need some who can really stretch us. Yeah. So we need both. We need to yeah. round ourselves with both. Mm, yeah, love it. Well, Denise, thank you so much for sharing your genius today. I do have one final question for you. It's a personal question. Okay. Uh, I want to find out more about you. One thing that you do on a very regular basis that takes you away from your work per se at the desk or teaching or speaking some type of physical activity, something for your health, for your wellness, for the mental side of it. What is the one thing that you do on a regular basis that makes you the best version, the happiest version of you? What would it be? I go shopping. <laughs> I go shopping. You know, I can remember one time in counseling, the, the counselor in that, you know, counselor's voice was like, imagine yourself, close your eyes. You're in a safe place. Where are you? And I opened my eyes and I said, I'm at the mall. And she said, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I go shopping. I think I get my steps in. Mm -hmm. It gives me time to think and I can find any excuse. You know, at that speakers, uh, national speakers convention, mm -hmm. this is so genius for marketing ladies. There was a booth with these European shoes that said these were 12 hour speaking. You know, you could speak in them for 12 hours. Oh, speakers. wow. That's totally Talk about but selling, selling the sizzle there. Hello. Hello. I bought three pair and they have bling. So for me, you'll find me shopping. I love leopard print. I love bling. Yep. And oh. that's my happy place. I was inspired to wear the leopard print shirt today, but I thought I've already done an interview with the leopard print shirt and it's out there on social media. I need a different top today. <laughs> that's why I was inspired with a leopard print because of you. <laughs> In you. I do need to ask you, and every woman might be wanting to know this too. What is the brand of that shoe? If it is true that it's comfortable to wear for hours as a speaker, do you remember the name of the brand? I'm looking quickly to see if I can locate the box and I will email it to you. But it seems like it was like European heels, okay. something like that. Well, ladies, we're going to put that <laughs> link in the show notes. So however you're listening to this podcast today, click that link that will go through to the blog post. We'll have everything for you to be able to get in touch with um, Denise, to be able to get her book and also the link for the shoes. <laughs> this is great. There will be a lot of women. That will I, want okay. And I have tested it. I have tested it. It, it really it. does work. I they they do work. Oh, Denise, thank you so much for sharing your genius, your energy. And uh, it was just so great to get you on the show today. Thank you. And, and thank you to your listeners too. It was a delightful pleasure. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, 
make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you are the happiest person that you know. I'm out.